But a conversation I want to have right now is with one of my favorite people in the Twin Cities, and that is Charles Hallman with the Minnesota Spokesman Recorder, Hall of Fame columnist, award-winning journalist, and one of the godfathers of the Minnesota sports scene. Charles, thank you so much for being here. You know, I'm, I'm still a Hall of Fame. I thought that was only one year thing. No, no, sir. So, so you don't have to do that again. See, a lot of, of awards, Mr. Charles, they, uh, they make you do it every year. Like the Emmys, you have to apply every year to win an Emmy. But once you get that HOF on now, see, you don't have to HOF again. You're, you're in. Once you are a Hall of Famer, you are in. Oh my God. And that Hall of Fame ceremony, it, it was just so amazing. And, you know, how your, uh, son was there to speak for you. Uh, the legacy that you are leaving for not just your children and grandchildren, but for all of us, people like Norman C. Wright and Reggie uh, Wilson, um, they would not be in the seats that they are in without you. So when you celebrate it, we all celebrate it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, my goodness. And I knew (laughs) that when I saw the news that Magic Johnson officially – is the co-owner of the National Football League Commanders. I was like, I got to talk to Charles Holman about this. I got to get his take on this. I got to figure out, you know, how did this happen? I mean, it was like out of nowhere. Magic really knows how to keep a secret because I would have been telling people the moment I got invited uh, to the meeting. I'd have been like, I'm going to a meeting. Y'all pray for me. It's like I saw Magic and Cookie Johnson with Samuel Jackson and Michael Jordan on a yacht in Italy. And then the next thing I know, he's signing a deal uh, as, you know, the official co-owner of the NFL Commanders, the Washington Commanders. How did this all happen? Oh, you must be the only one didn't know. He was part of the group from day one, um, and it's interesting that that group was competing against Brian Davis, who used to play was a Duke star with Christian Leitner. He was also tr- bidding for that for that team, and he did not get the 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 the, 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 the forward nod. But uh, yeah, the Magic. Uh, was involved with the group from day one. So now he is a minority owner. I hate to use that word. Minority owner in four different leagues. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Talk to me about that because this is historic. We always talk about athletes who play dual sports and how amazing that is with Bo Jackson playing both football and baseball. But here this retired superstar basketball player is now – the owner uh, of of teams, whether it is a majority or minority stake in these teams, but in four different sports, how did he go from superstar athlete to uh, athletic mogul doing these amazing and historic things? If, and if you want to really pin it down to us from his upbringing, his father and mother taught him the importance of giving back, importance of not just being an athlete, but being educated, you know, being, being educated, being, you know, doing the things you need to do to be successful. And he had good mentors, uh, Dr. Charles Tucker, who was a, a well-known dentist in Lansing, was his first agent. And he taught him a lot about business and how to maneuver it, you know, maneuverate around that thing. So therefore he was taught very well. So it didn't bother, you know, I know magic since, since college. Mm-hmm. So 
it's not surprising to me that he's successful in it. It might be surprising to others, but the fact that he could successfully go from being a, a star basketball player to being a star businessman uh, with no hitch- hiccups. And that's what he I was going to talk to you about. <laughs> okay, so you've, you followed his career, and that's why you're on the show. We're talking to uh, legendary sports writer, Hall of Fame columnist Charles Hallman with the Minnesota Spokesman Recorder. You have covered Magic Johnson since he was in college. You have seen him grow up. You know the backstories. You know about the mentors. You know about his family. Um, and, and so this is not surprising to you. Um, what separated Magic? Um, you know, we, we know about the family. We know about the mentors. And, and you know, a lot of a lot of these guys have that. Uh, Uncle Charles, they have the mentors, and, and they have uh, mothers and fathers, and they still come out and, and, and they're broke. <laughs> they still come out and they got to go work at the Jiffy Lube because they done spent all their money on shoes and, and cars. And, and Magic had his fun too, you know, but he was still able to bring it back around. How, how did that happen? Again, I, I can I go back to his father and his mother who, you know, didn't raise him to spend all his money. You know, they raised him to put money aside, build up a nest chest, build up a, a, a financial, uh, a, you know, uh, financial wealth chest that he can live on. So therefore, when he quit playing, he wouldn't have to be, oh, gee, what am I going to do next? It was a natural progression for him to go into business, man. He wanted to be in business, and, and, and he wanted to do those type of things. And, and also, I always want to stress this, Magic from day one always was able to elevate himself and whoever was with him to go further. He mm-hmm. never allowed them just to be himself. He always brought everybody else with him. So when he got into when he opened up his Magic Johnson Enterprises years ago, if you recall, he stressed that any of any operation that he would be a part of has to be in the community. It could not be in the suburbs. It could not be out in the mountains. He wanted his theaters. He opened theaters. He wanted them in the black community. He when he got into Starbucks, he wanted them open the black community. He always made sure that whatever he was involved in, that black people got part of that. And so, therefore, I expect the same. He's going to have the same influence with the with the Washington team that they're going to be into the community because they got some history. They got to eliminate yeah. because, because of things they've gone to. But I think he'll be an influential in that uh, going forward. I'm happy for him. I'm glad to it. But it's also sad. And I say this. Wait, that, don't say it. Don't say it because I've got to go to commercial break. So we're supposed to be celebrating. This is supposed to be happy. Uh, Uncle Charles says somehow this makes him sad. Find out what is all this upsetting to him about next. It is official. Magic Johnson is making history and not on the basketball court this time. He is officially joining the NFL as a co-owner of the Washington Commanders. Uh, It is all over the news. It is historic. He is leaving a legacy. He is leaving a mark. Everybody is celebrating, including... Hall of Fame columnist with the Minnesota Spokesman Recorder who has covered Magic Johnson since his college days, the legendary writer and the godfather of Minnesota sports writing, Charles Harmon, who is on this show right now, joining us courtesy of the John Schuster Hall Caldwell Banker Hotline. But Uncle Charles, you said something makes you sad about this. What do we have to be upset or sad about? This is a historic moment. We should all be celebrating. 
I'm not sad about Magic uh, being involved. I'm sad about that in 2023, of all the five major pro leagues, there's only one black majority owner, and that's Michael Jordan. If he sells his team, there will be zero black majority owners. What I mean by that is Michael Jordan's name was on every check that goes out from his team. Uh, I don't think Magic Johnson's name is going to be on every check that goes on his team because he is considered a minority owner, not a majority owner. Those are the ones that sit at the table and make all those decisions that affects players and whatever, not minority owners. They don't put the groups there. They put the, the, the who they consider designated as the owner that speaks for the team. Now, there is one female majority partner, and that's Sheila Johnson, who former husband and her son founded BET. She's the only black woman who is a majority partner and she is considered a governor because she's on her program. Her She's part of uh, the Washington Wizards, Washington right. Mystics. Uh, mm-hmm. So therefore she's on there. But again, she's a minority partner, not a, ma- a majority partner, not a majority owner. Okay. So that's what, that's what saddens to me that there's still not that. Why Why is it that we can't find a, more than one black owner uh, that owns these teams? So uh, do you think it's interest? It's or that, That's what I was going to ask you. You've been in this game a very long time. Do you think it's interest, meaning the people who have the money are not interested? Do you think they're not making it available so the opportunities aren't there? Or do you think they just it's just a money thing? The opportunity is not there. Keep in mind that the Washington team only came up Opportunity was they forced the owner to, to finally sell. Uh, the Phoenix Suns team opened up because they forced the owner to sell. These owners don't give up these pro- these properties because there's no there's no pro team loses money. Right. So when they sell, they increase their value. So there's no way the Polacks when they sell the Twins, they're not going to lose money. It's going to go to someone else. But those opportunities don't open up very often, and when they do. I'm hoping that more blacks would pool their resources. Don't have to be one person, but pool their resources mm-hmm. to bid for these teams and get an opp- a fair, get a fair opportunity to bid for these teams. Not just you bring them in as a show purpose, but have an opportunity to really bid and really have an opportunity to get these teams. And 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 I'm hoping that I'm hoping I'm still alive to see that. I really am. I was gonna say, when do you think it'll happen? How can it change? Will it happen in our lifetime? Well, like I said, these teams don't change over very often. So, I mean, uh, right now, if Michael Jordan sells his team, that's the only team that's from the NBA that's that's available right now. Uh, there's no NFL teams open right now that I know of. There's no NHL teams open that I know of. There's definitely Major League Baseball. There's no teams open up. So, with those ownership give up their time, then that will – that will open opportunity. Opportunity is not there. So it's not always financial. We, we know Jay-Z got money. We know, hell, Beyonce got money. We all know they got money. Yeah. Okay? So that's not the issue. The issue is opportunity. And in, the, in pro sports, that turnover is not like the players leave. The owners don't. The owners yeah. stay forever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just, I'm, I'm so excited to see it. Talk to me about 
uh, the legacy that this leaves for Magic Johnson. I, I mean, you know, a lot of times we see these athletes and, you know, they've got the fancy cars and the wheels are spinning and they've got the gold chains and they got the big houses. And then, you know, the next thing you know, you look at VH1 or ESPN 30 for 30 and they're at the mom's house. So they got caught up in a Ponzi scheme or they've lost everything. And so now they're in court or litigation trying to get their money back. You know, I, I just, I, I think for Magic Johnson, for me, Uncle Charles, is that it shows us what it looks like. You know, yeah, before Magic, uh, we didn't see what it looks like after basketball. We didn't see what it looks like after you can no longer use your craft to play your sport. I, you know, and, and I think he's leaving us a, a, a legacy and a blueprint to follow. You know, and, and that's the most important thing, that he showed that it could be done. You know, he could have easily went off in the, in the sunset. He could have easily, him and, him and Cook could have went off and lived their lives without this and been quiet about it. And, you know, he's not, you know, there's other business, there's other pro, former pro players that are doing things, not on the big scale that Magic is, but there's people that are doing some things, you know. So he is setting that blueprint. I'm hoping that this new generation, this latest generation of NBA players or pro players, not just NBA players, but pro players, when they realize that their playing days are winding down, that they will move into ownership. They will move into doing some things like that because that's what leads generational wealth. It, it's not just, you know, just not leaving to come a books, books aside. I'm trying to leave generational wealth to my children. Uh, ain't gonna be a lot. Like, ain't gonna be a lot of it. But <laughs> hey, we are, we are. You know, and that's the thing that you are leaving. I thought about you last night. I was like, his granddaughter saw him get inducted into the Hall of Fame as a sports writer. You take her to basketball games. You got new grandbabies that are so new they still got the new baby smell on them. Uh, <laughs> and, and so when we start talking about leaving legacies, it's not just what you show me and Reggie Wilson and Norman C. Right, um, and, and Henry Lake, but you know these your, your grandbabies are are seeing that, um, and, and I know that that is not lost on you. No, it's not. I'm very grateful. I thank God every day that I can do that. So, uh, but you know, as a servant leader, as you try to be, you just I'm trying to get to heaven. After I spent the weekend in Vegas last weekend, <laughs> <laughs> I'm praying every day. I, I've been in hell. I want to go to heaven now. <laughs> now, we before I let you go, you got to talk to me about these new grandbabies because it was like all of a sudden you had no grandbabies for a long time, and then you got like 15 grandbabies in like three days. I was like, are they dropping grandkids off at Charles Harper's house? What my, in the world my, is going my, on? My children, we joke about it. My children seem to be on our arms right they trying to figure out who who gonna have the most kids. Uh, we have four grandchildren now. We have uh, two granddaughters. Our latest one came in on the day before my birthday, in April twenty seventh, and Amaya is her name, and her sister loves her. Older sister will be four, and I have twin grandsons who will be two in November, who are acting like they're twenty. <laughs> and, uh, <so> <laughs> <laughs> only thing they haven't done is drive they can do everything else they can so so it's just fun it's fun exciting it's also fun Shalada, to see how my sons are being fathers i really mm. that is a joy to watch how they raise their children and they're being responsible uh so i'm hoping that they learn something from me and raising them that they can do it but again it's great. You know, it's great to see, and I'm glad to be alive, and I want to be able to leave a, a memory for them. 
Yeah. Uh, because my grandchildren, my grandparents were all passed away when I was born. Mm. So I never had a relationship with grandparents. Mm-hmm. So I like them to be able to say they spent time with their grandfather. They spent yeah. time with their grandmother and that they had some good times so they can remember that. Because I have no memories of my grandparents. I never met them. They was well, they was all went to heaven when I was born. So that's the joy before. And then watching them, you know, they all got their little personalities. Yeah. And, uh, and their grandma always say, yeah, they're typical Hallmans. They <laughs> you know, they don't smile. <laughs> you know, they're going to tell you what they want to do and they ain't going to do. And, you know, typical Hallmans. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I love seeing you be grandpa. I love the way your sons are taking care of their families. You know, and you, you're a Hall of Famer, not just um, as a sports writer, but as a dad. Um, and as a friend as well. Charles Hallman with the Minnesota Spokesman Recorder newspaper uh, joined us today on the Shaletta Show, courtesy of the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Now, you got a game to cover today, right? Where you heading? Because you're always going somewhere. (laughs) I got the Lynx in Las Vegas at 2, and I'm going across the street, or right across the street to the Twins game at 6. So, yeah, I got a busy, busy day, so to speak. All right. Well, you have fun and enjoy this beautiful weather, and we will chat with you soon. No problem. Thank you. God bless you. All right. You as well. And if you enjoy that interview, honey, stick around. There's more to come.